the way with Anoa. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the July 19th edition of The Way with Anoa. I'm your hostess with the mostest. Uh, any Beetlejuice fans out there? Yeah, no? I used to love that cartoon. I know a Jay Changa. I'm so excited to see you this evening. Really happy to talk with you and be here. Be happy. Yay. Because we're alive. We get to see another day. I know that 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 clown show is on. Don't watch that. Come tell your friends to come over here. Come hang out with me. Come see some good stuff going on over here. I'm really excited tonight. I know I'm always excited for my guests, right? But this is the third week in a row where I get to talk to someone who's not only brilliant, someone who's creative, but someone who's doing really great work in an, in a different medium than what we we traditionally you know think about in terms of activism, right? Um, tonight we'll be talking with Michonne um, LeBron about um, his one man show, Power. About no, not Power from Stars. Even though I heard that had a really good opening this weekend, um, but Power about Stokely Carmichael. Um, for those of you who may not be aware. Um, this past June, this summer, is is the 50th anniversary, um, not only of just Stokely Carmichael, also known as Kwame Torre, later known as Kwame Torre, using that phrase, Black Power, right? I mean, it's a, it's a phrase that's been around forever, but he he's really, like, identified and coined that term, right? But it's also, you know, when we think about, like, kind of that, that shift, that rise of the Black Power movement, you know, this we're, we're talking about 50 years, and it's such... There's so much going on right now. You look at the activism that's happening in, in, in Cleveland. You look at the gearing up to D.C. Um, tonight, Philly Real Justice um, co the Coalition of Black Activists and other supporters had a town hall this evening out in Philly. Um, can't wait to be in Philly this weekend. So exciting. But, um, you know, they're gearing up for a day of action next week. Tuesday of the DNC is going to be a Black Power Resistance Action. It's going to be phenomenal. Wish I had the leave to actually be there. So talking to Michonne this evening is just like, it's just, it, it's, it's going to, I mean, I know y'all going to be motivated. Y'all going to be inspired. Definitely, I've tweeted it out. I'll tweet it out again. Check out the the the, the trailer for the show. Um, I, I just got goosebumps. I got chills just looking at it. Also, if you're in New York, um, he is head, he's wrapping up in DC and head to New York. Um, I heard the last couple of shows were like sold out, which is awesome, phenomenal. I know I need a new word, but um, forget about that clown show, forget about how abysmal and dismaying this election cycle has gotten. Uh, yes, the other side is bad. Yes, they're racist. Yes, yesterday was an absolute cluster. Some words I'm not going to say. But um, come, let's talk. Let's wrap a little bit. You know, um, so of course, we, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the RNC. So apparently, uh, Trump is officially it. He's been confirmed as the nominee. Um, yeah, hmm, whatever. <laughs> Yesterday, his wife, wife number three, gave a riveting speech. You know, it was so motivational. I was really inspired um, she talked about how hard it was growing up and, and her word is her bond and word is bond. I didn't know that was an Eastern European phrase. Like, I'm gonna be honest, besides for hip hop heads, I've never heard a white person use that phrase. Not to saying, and I've been honestly asking this question all day. Um, but for me, the dead giveaway in her speech was, you know, your word is your bond. 
which we've all shortened, you know, in the hood, word is bond. I mean, come on now. If you listen to 90s hip hop, that's just like 80s hip hop, right? That is just like a quintessential phrase, word is bond. Um, but but apparently it turns out, you know, Mrs. Trump's potential future floatus, uh, her speech was lifted. Several sections were were massaged, were plagiarized. Let's just call it what it is, right? Forget all the euphemisms the Guardian and New York Times are talking about. Let's plagiarize. They plagiarize uh, Michelle Obama. I mean, if if her speechwriters are not aware, one, y'all should be fired. Um, y'all should be fired because if you did that trying to be slick and just pass something off, you should be fired. Two, if you did that to make her look stupid, you should be fired. Um, uh, talking with a girlfriend of mine earlier today, we we're of the opinion that actually they knew exactly what they were doing. They figured the Trumps and other people would not figure out the difference. Um, I really, because I really believe there are a lot of people trying to sabotage him. Quite honestly, I don't blame them. You know, <laughs> if I had the chance to sabotage the man, I probably would do the same thing too. But um, I just really feel like that to have that woman up there looking like a damn fool um, was not okay. Now, all the posturing, all the she did it all herself, they're trying to build her up to be more uh, first lady like. Um, and it's really not working. Apparently, something about her bio, her um, education. It says she graduated from college and apparently she did not. Um, they're trying to sell her as more than what she is. And I really think that we have the problem. This is a very huge problem. Let's talk about two issues. One, we have the problem with the fact that it's like there is excuse after excuse for what she did. Oh, everyone plagiarizes in politics with speech writing, blah, blah, blah. It happens. Obama did it this, that, and the other. What's so fascinating, not so much the plagiarism, which that's a problem, you know, for those of us in regular work, pretty much everybody else in the regular aspect of life um, would be in trouble for plagiarizing, for using without, you know, giving credit. I mean, th that's what would happen to all of us, right? You know, I just think about when I was in school, for those of you who are academics, I mean, your career would be ruined if you lifted several, you know, apparently that's a Republican thing to do. I'm, you know, Ben Carson and a couple of other people have been accused of, of plagiarizing, right? Um, so, but, 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 but my, the issue that the excuses, the excuses that are provided, because first, allegedly, these are her exact words. She did all this herself. She wrote it. Yeah, I'm not buying that. <laughs> not that I'm going to insult the women's intelligence like a lot of people have. And, and shame on you, so-called leftist liberals. We are the left ghost one week. Oh, my God, we're the left and people defame us because we're women. And all of a sudden, y'all do not wait to jump on this woman and her intellectualism and her, her well, her, her lack of thereof, supposedly, right? Like, you all are just ridiculous. Supposedly we're better than them, but y'all act just like the other side does when you get a chance. I mean, that's human nature to some extent, but at the same time, we kind of need to check the moral superiority at the door. Um, but the excuses provided by, you know, she, uh, Republicans and Trump folks, you know, oh, well, they're common words and phrases, or maybe there's similarities because of the backgrounds, which could be. Um, but at the same time, the, the phrasing and the placement within the speech are very similar. I mean, again, I'm sure if you run it through the play, because there are free plagiarism checks online, you know, I'm sure if you run it through, it's going to be like, ding, 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 plagiarism, plagiarism, plagiarism. 
But I mean, what bothers me so much is the fact that we see this. This is not the first time this happens. And especially with the left wants to just get all high and mighty. I mean, you guys take the ideas, words, language of black and brown people all the time and, and use it for your own um, uses without meaningful, you know, respect without according, you know, due honor to the person who actually comes from. I mean, hell, Hillary Clinton has had been uh copying Bernie Sanders tweets for like weeks. I mean, you'd have how many memes did you see? The Bernie tweet, then two weeks later, the Hillary tweet, or the Bernie tweet and three days later, you know, or or they invoke the words. I mean, they misrepresent and misuse images, words, ideas, experiences. Both sides do it. But what's so crazy about the GOP doing it is the fact that they detest the Obamas. They detest Michelle Obama. So to use her words, it's it's kind of pathological and it kind of represents them in many ways. Um, the other thing kind of that I wanted to talk about a little bit, just real quick um, on social media, um, Leslie Jones, um, she's a comedian, actress. Uh, she is, I first saw her as um, one of the newest additions to uh, Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live got pushed into Again, Saturday Night Live would try to do things and they'd have, um, you know, one black woman, uh, Maya Rudolph, who's no longer on the show, uh, playing Beyonce and Michelle Obama and everybody else. So they added some black, act two black actresses, some black writers and staff. Leslie Jones, so I know she's also one of the stars of the new um, Ghostbusters remake. That's a whole nother story that we're not going to talk about because I'm not going to go see it because I don't believe in remakes. But <laughs> has nothing to do with me being anti-feminist. But anyway, but Leslie Jones has had a tough time um, in terms of the media and representation, also just getting dogged on Twitter. Um, but she, she, uh, you know, she had trouble finding a designer to actually dress her, to provide her with a gown for the premiere, which is kind of ridiculous. She's an actress in a big movie. Why wouldn't you want her to wear your dress? Um, again, we come into terms of, of using people and their representation, you know, she's not, you know, she doesn't fit Eurocentric standards of beauty. When people did not understand why we were upset about uh, uh, Zoe Saldana playing um, Nina Simone, this is kind of it, right? Because we have black women who have experiences, we have women of color who have experiences that do not fit in traditional standards, Eurocentric standards. And, and not saying that, you know, other people do, but when you have an experience that that shapes your career, that shapes your life, you know, prosthesis, et cetera, can't ch change it. So what has happened with with, Les, with with Ms. Jones is she's been attacked on Twitter. Now, a lot of us have been attacked on Twitter, right? A lot of us have tried to report people for harassment. There's a lot of really racial-ish that goes on between particularly Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit. And there's a thin line between just blatantly racist, harassing language and so-called freedom of speech. And more often than not, when it comes to people of color, when it comes to women, when it comes to people of you know different sexual orientations being harassed, there are a lot of times, and I find this often with, 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 with women of color, that, that it's not taking, it's not harassment, it's just freedom of speech. She's been called a monkey, she's been called a dog, she's been called all types of different names. And Twitter support, and there's actually been several people who have massive followings themselves who who, um, sorry, my son just came in because apparently it's pouring down rain outside, you know, life of a mom of a, the, my preteen is back. Yeah. So forgive, forgive the, 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 sh 
but um but 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 we have all these instances of support it's happened to me it's happened to Ben it's happened to so many different people right I mean I'm sure many of you have stories of being harassed on social media and these alleged rules and the rules are right there and they do nothing about it and that's what's happening to her you know if someone like Leslie Jones cannot get Twitter to respond to the harassment I mean how you have to sit there why should she have to sit there and endure people calling her monkey like that's just blatantly if that's not freedom of speech that's her that violates their harassment and then you have accounts that egg other accounts on that that's blatant in violation of their you you it's reddit gets a little bit different but facebook and twitter are very very bad when it comes to actually enforcing their rules especially when you're talking about issues of um you know racial commentary and discord uh, but they'll be real quick if you say something about, well, these white people, I mean, we've seen like the son of Baldwin account, for example, on Facebook got censored and had stuff taken down that was not harassing anyone. It was not racist. It was expressing a viewpoint. And there's a big difference between when you're talking about um, censoring content, if people are directly targeting others, that is not per the, the, the policies of Facebook and Twitter. That's not freedom of speech. That's violating your policy. You're a private corporation. You have the right to exercise it. So do so. And as users, you know, we need to make sure that Facebook, that Twitter, you know, are actually following through how they're supposed to. Um, so that was, you know, kind of with that. But but just, just thinking about, you know, the Michelle Obama plagiarism thing and the stuff with Leslie Jones, it just got me thinking about how we are used and commodified. And I'm, when I'm saying we at this moment, I'm talking about women of color, black women in particular, for, 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 for sales, for, for people's other people's stories, for, for, for gain. You know, even Hillary Clinton does it, right? She loves to tout out the black mothers. You know, we, 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 get, we get commodified and used in a certain way, but we do not get, we do not get the same shine, so to speak. We do not get the same support. We do not get the same you know, actual backing, you know, Michelle Obama has been dogged like no other first lady with, I mean, Hillary Clinton gets dogged and it's a very, for a very different reason, you know, but Michelle Obama, just her existence, just breathing, she is railed, she is reamed, but, and, and it's, and it's just like, whatever. So when everyone's complaining about the RNC and, oh my God, they're so racist and this, that, and the other, you know, there's a lot of stuff that happens, particularly when we look at the Obamas, that gets ignored by the good non-racist Democrats. I mean, if you're going to be silent when racialized stuff is happening, what good are you? I mean, I think Ben said it said it recently. You know, Republicans, the way they're acting right now, they're the traditional straight up card carrying, you know, racist. Like we blatantly can see you. You know, I'm Scott Baio and Antonio Sabato Jr. Y'all need to go back to the 80s where you came from, all right? Like, you need to go back to the Reagan years and not come back ever. Charles is clearly not in charge anymore. Um, but uh, when you look at, you know, people on the Democratic side, you know, we can point and say, oh, we're so much better than them, you know, but at the same time, we actually look at people's policies, we actually look at, like, who's willing to stand up and do something. The fact that you're not saying the same ignorant issues, those people over there, and yet, and still, you're doing things like trying to pass Blue Lives Matter laws, or you're supporting, you know, standing with Debbie Washman Schultz as she supports, you know, payday loan lenders and other types of oppressive um, financial regulations that disproportionately affect Black and Latino people. I mean, you know, you may not be shouting the N-word from the rooftop. You may not be adequate, adamantly saying those people need to go back. 
but what are you actually doing to actually fight against, you know, injustice in terms of racial and economic inequality? Like, what are you doing? Because if you're not doing anything and you're just doing a bunch of this, then, I mean, we don't really need you either. So I am really excited um, for this interview. And, you know, I had a little bit of confusion because I try to get my own call-in number, trying to be fancy, um, but we're going to go, go ahead and continue to use bins for now. I'm do, I was just doing a little bit too much, just, just, just doing a little too much. So just trying to make sure, you know, um, Sean has a, the, the correct number to call in, but, um, but there's a lot of really great stuff going on right now. And I really, I know, I know that a lot of you, particularly if you, you were, you were, are, however you frame it, a Bernie Sanders supporter, you know, there's a lot of angst still. I mean, see you in Philly. Like, like it's 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 go time. We are less than a week away from the convention. All the delegates need to be there and everyone needs to be seated. But, but part of why I think this conversation that we're getting ready to have is so important is because, like, you know, the old saying, like, you never know where you're going if you don't know where you come from. And, like, so revisiting, we don't need to recreate the wheel. We have so much rich history, especially when we look at the Black Power Movement starting out of all these different youth and student groups, right? I mean, young people really drove a lot of what happened coming out of the, the, the 60s. Um, and, and to some extent, you know, there are lessons to be learned for why things kind of fell off a little bit the way they did. How can we continue forward and not repeat some of the same mistakes of our past? What lessons about passion, drive, and struggle can we learn from the past, right, going forward? I mean, I mean, there's just, there's just, there's just so much to talk about. There's just such good stuff. But, but when you think about um, Stokely Carmichael, Kwame Ture coming out of, you know, student-led movements, right? Um, coming out of SNCC, Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, um, and, and moving forward in the way that he did with his work and his life, you know, it serves as, you know, definitely go Google him and listen to some of his speeches on, uh, you know, I believe it should be on YouTube. Listen to some old, also, here's the thing. Listen to some old Martin Luther King too, because I'm really tired because you need to be able to adequately combat people when they try to shut you down and say, well, Martin Luther King wouldn't like this. You know, there is a lot of appropriation. People do the same thing with Nelson Mandela. They talk about Nelson Mandela at 90 years old and absolutely disregard radical Nelson Mandela. You know, Nelson Mandela came out of jail still radical. He might have tempered down a little bit. But I mean, the fact that you came out of jail within like a year and a half, you're running for president and, and sending the clerk packing, that, that's, 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 that's a pretty bad memory, Jim. I mean, just say it. So there, there, as we talk about going forward, whether you are you know, working with one of the new organizations that are forming out of this movement, whether you're already with an existing organization and you've already been doing work, whether you are done with presidential electoral politics and you're just focusing on state and local, whether you're just a community worker and voting is just not for you, we need to make sure we figure out how do we fit in, where do we fit in, and how do we continue to engage and build? Because these are collective strategies that are necessary to move the needle. We do need people who are going to be engaged in, in part, party politics, whether that's inside the Democratic National Committee, you know, the Democratic Party, or whether you're talking about third party politics. If you're an independent, if you're Green Party, we do need people to work hard to help build up our local parties and movements. Like here in Georgia, um, once I finally get some time cleared up someplace, it'd be really great to talk to the Georgia, you know, Green Party folks, because I know one of the things they're getting up is to look around this opportunity school district nonsense we have coming up here in the next election. So are these, there are these issues that directly affect our lives at the state and local level that we very much need to be aware of and organizing around. 
like opportunity school districts here would give the governor, you know, certain access. It's almost, you know, it's almost similar to the, the, the way I've read it from what it's proposed. It's almost similar to the emergency managers they have up in, up in Michigan. Um, I, I understand what people might say in theory could be good about having such autonomy, but at the same time, we see in practice that there are a lot of issues, particularly when you don't have, you know, actual buy-in and support. Um, so we, we definitely need to continue to move forward. We definitely need to make sure that we're active and engaged, that we're moving forward and that we're building. Like, how do we... How do we work? Okay, even if you are someone who's progressive and you decide that, okay, I think that working within my local party, building up and taking it over is the right thing to do. I know several folks out in Washington State have done that. If you guys check out Project Sanity, they've talked about it plenty. Um, you know, that is that is okay. I That's fine. But are you, can you work with other people? You know, can you make sure that you also are with other people that you are you know, building across that party line, because there are going to be some things that are going to need creative solutions that are not going to be followed by just following the strict party narratives. Because at the end of the day, these parties are about themselves and about the first and the people second. And it shouldn't be that way. And not to say that everybody within parties, within politics are like that, but a lot. And that's why we got to all continue to be active, engaged, and really trying to change, push the needle and change the dialogue. Um, because that's what, that's what absolutely matters. Uh, we are, I told y'all I was having a little technical difficulties earlier, so I'm trying to make sure everything's still A to the okay, but, um, just want to, again, real quick, thank Ben, Benjamin Dixon Show. Ben allows me to use his channel and to broadcast. It's pretty awesome. And then also, um, shout out to our um senior producer uh david grossman david runs the controls behind the scene um we have a pretty awesome team here at progressive army and as you all know i just added my new friend my sis karen um and hopefully we'll get it worked out and start working her in some more too in the rotation so it's pretty exciting things going on over here i mean you know it's july we've all been at this you know bernie sanders revolution stuff for a year now if you've been involved in black lives matter occupy other movements going on climate change you know activism you've been at it way longer than that um but we need to start thinking about how do we, where, where are the intersections with all that work, right? How do we work together? How do we build the critical mass necessary to move the needle? Again, to repeat that phrase. Um, again, with everyone going to Philly next week, you know, People's Convention is on Saturday, um, 10 to 5 at the Archer Street House. Ooh, excuse me. I will be in attendance presenting the racial justice platform. Definitely, if you can be, if you're in Philly, if you want to have an actual, you know, pre-experience before the convention time, definitely come on out. Um, Progressive Army, Podcast Revolution, Project Sanity, The Way of Noah, Benjamin Dixon Show, Louisa Project, we will all be providing you round-the-clock coverage, uh, well, as best we can. We're going to be streaming pretty much all day long, starting Sunday trying to get up, not just the DNC events, we'll have a couple people who will actually have floor access. Um, still, I think Ben is still working on that 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 uh, debate with uh, Ronnie Kallick and um, 
Bakari Sellers and possibly Mark LeBont Hill. We'll see what happens. But um, if that does actually happen, we'll definitely let you know when that's popping off. But um, but we're going to make sure we try and hit up some of the different events, because, again, if you're going to Philly, there's going to be oh, there. There are events packed Saturday on. There's even some stuff happening this week. Like I mentioned, there's a there's a town hall with Philly Real Justice tonight going on as we speak. Um, and people are really, really about their business. People are about their business. People are about moving this forward. So, you know, Bernie Sanders, whether, you know, there's different organizations he's saying he's going to start, that's awesome. And really excited that he's going to support um, candidates. And it's, you know, it's rumored that he's even going to be heading to Florida to, to campaign for Tim. But we need to continue moving. I mean, and I think that's one of the big things. Like, I know everyone's like, well, we need a leader. You know, Jill Stein's the leader we need. You know, if that's what you feel, great. But regardless of what central national leader exists, we all need to have, you know, a clear understanding and we need to develop that of what needs to be done at our local level. You know, look at the down ballots. Ted Cruz is actually coming here to Georgia to campaign for a state, um, a state rep who's running for uh, a congressional seat. I think it's the third congressional district of Georgia, if I remember correctly. They're focusing they're not worried about Trump. They're not happy about Trump. They're letting that ride. They're focusing on making sure they control, they can continue to control Congress. They're focusing on making sure they continue to control these state houses. And we need to be active, engaged, and on point and make sure we can control what we can control. We need to get back seats where we can or get new seats. You know, you have Green Party for people who are pro-green. You have Green Party. Where are your Green Party candidates at? Do you have Green Party candidates running in your community? Can you run? Is it too late for you to run as a write-in or a Green Party candidate? Is that possible? Um, That's definitely something to look into. What are the next set of elections after this one coming up for your state and local level? You know, can you help support candidates to do that, to run at those levels? Because even if the Green Party does get what it needs on a national level to participate in debates or to get funding or whatever the case they need, there still isn't the local level and state level support, congressional support. For, for greed initiatives to make it through. I mean, we, we, we knew this with Bernie, it's the same story applies. We need to make sure that if we're pushing whatever agenda we're pushing, whatever party we're pushing, whatever candidates are pushing, we need to make sure that they have the support and the backing to do what needs to be done. And and that, that just has to be something that we keep in our wheelhouse no matter what. Um, brand new Congress is taking uh, suggestions for candidates to run. Uh, they're, they're getting ready to start their candidate vetting process. It's really exciting stuff going on. Um, Grassroots Select has joined with, I believe it's the Sanders for President Reddit group and some others, and they formed Political Revolution. So we'll be talking to them coming up. I mean, there's really a lot that is going on. This is not going away. Everyone that thinks it just fall in line and, and you get with the DNC, yes, Trump bad, RNC is evil and racist, whatever. But but why should that be our standard? That should not be our standard. We That should not be our baseline. If they're bad, if they're awful, if they're the worst of the worst, why are we accepting the fact that we're and I say we very loosely are incrementally better. Not that we're really trying to be the best version of ourselves when I talk about the left, the DNC, you know, left-leaning people in America. Um, but but that's that's the challenge we should really, that's that's the screws we should show people. People are just like, okay, well, it's over, burning laws, you know, Hillary, da-da-da-da-da. No, seriously, though, you should want the best version of life for your communities, for your country, right? Like, we shouldn't just settle for the fact that we're not as bad as those people over there. Because not as bad as those people over there, while that may be enough to get you a presidency, 
I mean, you know, it worked in 2012. We continue to lose state and local elections. We continue to lose congressional elections. We're not going to reclaim the lead in terms of House seats, uh, state level seats, governorships. We're not going to do that by we're better than those people. Because you know what happens? People shut down on you because you're not motivating them. You're not saying anything new. And just because you're saying you're better and you ain't been doing nothing. I mean, we've been voting for you, you know, as black folks, we've been voting for you for like 50 years now. Okay, you better. Uh, you better. But like a Democrat bought us, you know, the criminal industrial complex and a Republican gave us the Voting Rights Act. So you better. But like, I mean, that's what you say. Proof is in the pudding. Proof is in the pudding. Um Yeah, so just going to keep talking for a little bit longer. I know, like I said, had a little bit technical technical difficulties and mix-ups with phone numbers. So hopefully we will um, get going very shortly here. Um, but but when we when we talk about, you know, well, we just need to get behind Hillary Clinton. And there, there are some amongst us who believe that, you know. Uh, I think I probably shared a story like someone who I I adore, like her word, her word is bond. I mean, what she has to say, what she believes, she's intelligent, she's dynamic, she's a very accomplished, you know, professor and scholar. And and like I would do anything she said, except for when she called me to say, I think we're gonna have to vote for Hillary and work to make sure everyone else votes for her. That's when I had to pause and we had to disagree. I love this. This woman helped raise me. She's like a mother to me. And <laughs> I just say no, because whatever you guys decide to do in the voting booth, whatever you decide to do, I mean, that's between you and your maker or the energy or the force or whatever it is you do or don't believe in. Um, that's between you and you if you don't believe in anything. But uh, I personally believe regardless of what happens going forward, the Democrats, even if you're going green, people need to be held accountable. How do we hold people accountable? We continue to demand the things that they're saying they're going to do. You know, there was an article today that Hillary Clinton claims that uh, Bernie Sanders, as she's bragging about the most progressive platform, she's bragging about the most progressive platform in Democratic history, but she denies that Bernie Sanders and his team, his delegates, his his you know surrogates pushed her left because she's already been there. We've all watched the videos, we've seen the articles, you know, a lot of things that are concessions that her people, that Debbie's people were not trying to do were really pushed and driven by Keith Ellison, by Cornell West, you know, by the other members that were picked, handpicked by Senator Sanders. These are people who would never sit on a platform committee ever before. So, you know, plagiarism, taking credit for what other people do, that, that seems to be pretty running the mill for politicians these days. Um, but we have to hold people accountable. So you're so progressive, you're so this, show us. The proof is in the pudding. You know, Hillary Clinton has committed to to, to overturning Citizens United. She's supposedly going to introduce a constitutional amendment to overturn Citizens United. The thing about the amendment process is that it really takes a long time, right? So it's not like that's going to be some quick and easy fix either. But that's a whole nother story. Um, you know, we need to we need to stay active and engaged and make sure that People follow through with the same thing with, 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 you know, we have, oh, my God, you need to trust President Obama because he knows what he's doing. Have you seen Patrick Murphy in Florida? He's a train wreck. He is a train wreck. 
You know, old boy who's running against him, whose name I absolutely could not remember at the moment. As soon as my mind just went blank. But, you know, he's Patrick Murphy's a train wreck and he has been endorsed by the president. And it's just like you are. So there was an article yesterday about how, you know, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton are trying really, really hard to save the Democratic establishment. But the problem is, at what cost? At what cost are you going to save the establishment? And what this message are you really sending to the American people? Because who are you working for? Who are you working for? You're working for your special interests and your 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 your, your pet projects and pet friends, or are you working for the people? And and again, regardless of who you're supporting and what you're going for, whoever gets in that office, whoever gets in those congressional seats, they work for us once they're there. You know what I'm saying? It is nothing to send letters, emails, postcards. We need to flood people's offices. Are you addressing this issue? I saw this bill. We need to set up. Um, you know, people have book clubs. Let's set up, you know, bill or legislative coffee chats or something, right? Keep track of the issues that matter to us and what's going on. There's so many things that flew under the radar the past few years. And people are just now like, oh, my God, did you know this happened? Yeah, I knew that happened. Where was y'all at? That's no diss to anyone because I know we all get really busy, but somehow we got to have a buddy system to accountability and staying involved and being active and engaged. Like somehow we have to continue to make sure that, you know, the wonderful people that we found over the past 15, 12, 15 months stay active and engaged. And I know it's hard. It is hard. Not saying that you got to continue, you know, dedicating 15 to 40 hours a week, but we still need to figure out what system, what level of engagement can we maintain and sustain? Because that is how we have high levels of engagement and things start to change but we don't maintain that engagement long enough for to, to, to really achieve sustainable goals. You know, we started having Brown versus Board of Education has been 62 years. We still have schools now. I just saw that there is a piece of legislation going through the House, I believe. Democrats have, have uh, uh, there's legislation. I mean, they're on break now, but this is before the break. It was a Think Progress article. And they're talking about how they're trying to make sure that all schools are desegregated in the country. Brown versus Board of Education, again, was 62 years ago, and we're still trying to make sure schools are desegregated in the country. That is a problem. These are issues that require us to be continuously involved. Again, I understand that we all can't maintain severely high levels of engagement, but that's why you have me and Ben and Project Sanity and Nick and the Lisa Project. You got, you got so many people out there really doing this work, really trying to make sure that we provide you with information, we provide you with insight, you know, one of these days, maybe I'll get a writer writing a handbook or something. <laughs> but, you know, we need you. We need you. And like I keep telling you, y'all are powerful. Yes, Bernie raised all this money and Bernie did what no one ever could do. And did, did, did. Do you know why Bernie did all that? Because of you. Yes, people tease digital activists. People tease people who are on Facebook and Twitter. But all those money bombs and emails and and Facebook posts and tweets and retweeting and dropping article links and commenting on articles and, you know, getting people to the right people to, uh, you know, I have people who hit me up like, okay, I ran to this, this, this uh, reporter. I'm not really good at interviews, but I really think you would be good. You know, that stuff, while maybe it's not the hugest thing, and I know I've, I've gotten on digital organizing before and said we need to actually get on the ground. We need a combination because that really did make a huge difference. And that you guys are, we are his, we're his best resource. No matter what anyone else says, we were. Because that was a bunch of manpower, a lot, a bunch of woman power, a bunch of non-binary gender power hours. <laughs> where 
we gave it our all and were able to make sure that we were active and engaged and did what needed to be done. And together, we made it happen. Hello. Okay. Hello? Hello, Michelle? So I think I'm sorry. I think Hello? I got the wrong number. Okay. Bye. No, sorry, I got the wrong number, I think. Bye. Okay, well it's the wrong number. <laughs> How does that happen with the number like the one that Ben has? Anyway, so back to uh if I remember by I know. I, I, it's okay, because I'm going to still get this interview for you, and it's going to be awesome, and it's my fault, so don't worry about it. I'm going to get it up. I'm going to get it recorded and get it up if this doesn't happen in the next 15 minutes, but um, but just, we like I said, I mean, you guys didn't want to sit here and necessarily listen to me, like, rap to you, but, you know, I'm going I'm to I'm kick it a little, little, I'm in a good mood tonight. I was not in a good mood earlier today. I was kind of like, ugh, my job, whatever. But you know, we got to do what we got to do to make it happen and do what we really want to do, which is this. I love talking to you guys. But when I was driving home, I mean, some of you guys saw on Twitter last night, I was asking you guys like, you know, which, you know, which rap do you, which rapper do you prefer? Or, you know, I was like Method Man versus, I was like, was it Method Man, Ghostface Killer, or RZA, Chef, <laughs> but Raekwon. Um, or, or which cartoon was your favorite? You know, because sometimes I really think that we need to lighten it up. You know, people say self-care. No, sometimes you just got to laugh and have fun. Like, it really is okay. Um, but today, coming home from work, I was really excited because as soon as I got in the car, like, I was I was really like, when I was getting off work. It's like, as soon as I get in my car and turn on the radio, smile. Scarface and Tupac was on. I love that song. Not just because it tells you to smile, but like, it is just like, oh, this song. And that video is so wild because um, this, you know, the video came out right after Tupac had passed, basically, right? So it was kind of, you know, surreal and, you know, people didn't really want to believe it. But, the, but that song always just sticks with me so much and it definitely always brightens my mood. And then like, it was like that song and then, then um, Slick Rick's Hey Young World came on and then it was De La Soul's Buddy. And Buddy, you know, I love the, you know, the 90s, the big ensemble songs and things like that. Like, that was pretty awesome. Um, De La Soul's uh, Buddy and Tribe Called Quest scenario are two of my all-time favorite songs because you get to hear a little bit from everybody, you know, and if you're familiar with, with scenario, that that's where Busta kind of just like, bam. Yeah, I'm a Busta Rhymes fan. I love Busta Rhymes. Fabulous. We, we were having a good discussion earlier about um who who's who's been in the game the best what, what coast what city for the past 15 years but why does that matter that matters because sometimes all this really heavy i, I know that clown show is going on all week i know it's frustrating aggravating we can't let those people win but it's not just about letting those people win we also got to take care of ourselves we got to have a good sense of humor about ourselves we got to have a good way of relating to other people right? Because if we're so focused on we just need to beat them, when your focus is on beating someone else or being better than someone else, what do you really have? Like, what is your really your personality all about? Who are you really? And where do you really stand? Um, so we, 
we need to take a time out sometimes and reevaluate and assess and see where are we, who are we, and what are we doing? Because this whole, well, they're a mess. Did you see that crap show? Like they're a mess. Then they're doing this to help us lower our standards. So we're willing to accept less than what we're actually worth. We're willing to accept less than they're trying to wear us down. You know, Steve Irwin used to be like, I'm wearing you down. I'm wearing you down. Yeah. You know, you, you guys, you know me with my pop culture references, but but we, we can't let that happen because that's happened for too long. Oh, George Bush is so awful. Da, 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 da. He was, you know, it was it was a bit of a time with him as president. But at the same time, we can we began to see the rise of certain movements again, a resurgence. We saw a resurgence of the anti-war movement by by the time you're coming out of his term and going into, you know, uh, you know, during that time, we see the rise of the BDS movement. By the time you're leaving George Bush and going into Obama, we're seeing the rise of Occupy and, and other movies like that. You know, now, you know, we've seen the rise of Black Lives Matter and other groups pushing for racial justice. Um, now, don't get it twisted. It's not that there hasn't been this work going on all the time. We just haven't seen the same um, synergy and critical mass of people working around these different issues at any one time. You know, over the last several years, we've seen the rise of, you know, environmental movements and stuff. So how do we keep that energy going? I mean, you're not going to be able to sustain it on this high level of activism forever, but, you know, movements ebb and flow, but how do we keep things going and moving it forward so that we can actually have real systemic sustainable change and not just cute little sound, sound, soundbite tweets or sometimes really stupid tweets that say things like, you know, trust between uh, uh, people of color and cops will help us in systemic racism. I'm sorry. I'm not accepting this crap from Hillary Clinton. She is going to get it every single day, all day. And if you have people of color out there who are just like, no, because she's better than Trump, she needs to be pushed because it's very clear. And President Obama, you know, just because you're a person of color, just because you're black does not mean that you have a very good understanding or grasp of what it takes to address racial issues in America. That doesn't mean anything. And he has shown that time and time again over the last several years. Um, and that's particularly so now as we have him writing letters op-eds of support to express support for police officers. Y'all do know that the fourth cop in the in the series of Freddie Gray's Charles was acquitted yesterday. And we have our black president reaffirming his support and love and admiration for cops. So here's the problem we have with the system that we have right now. If we accept the regular democratic line of thinking, we're better than the Republicans who so just get in line, don't worry about the other stuff. We just lay down our arms and nothing changes. Nothing changes. Trump didn't make all this happen. This has been in America. This is insidious. It is deeply rooted in a sickness that it was born into the creation of this country at inception. That's just real. Does that mean that I think everybody's evil who don't look like me? No, of course not. But we have real deeply rooted systemic issues, whether it's on income, race, you know, gender, class, uh, sexuality, ethnic origin, you know, you can go down the whole long list and there's all the intersections between them and stuff. But we actually have real issues that need to be addressed that have been on the back burner far too long. But but the gays got marriage equality. Okay, so I know that, you know, Democrats, mainstream Democrats will let you know, oh my God, this is a great feat and we did so much and don't worry about it because that's good enough. Not everybody's getting married, one. Two, you still can be terminated without cause. 
just for sexual orientation in many states. You can put out your house. You and and in some of these states, they're trying to pass legislation to say that you can be denied like actual care, like emergency care. Even we have a lot of work still to do. You know, when we're talking about Black Lives Matter, we're talking about racial justice issues, not just even in terms of cop accountability. We're talking about desegregating schools. Flint. Has anybody talked about Flint lately? Does anybody know what's going on in Flint right now? Is is the water okay? Have have people had any any has there been any restitution? Like what's going on up in Flint? What's going on in Michigan, period? We have all these emergency managers. Detroit schools had mold and the teachers had to go on strike. Like what is Chicago? Has anybody looked at what's going on in Chicago lately? I mean, Philly, Atlanta, we can go on and on. You know, you got the scandal going on out west on the West Coast in California with the cops and the underage prostitute. And I mean, there's so much so wrong. And when you look at a lot of these major metropolitan areas, these cities, we have Democratic leaders on the city level and on the state, local, county level making very questionable decisions that we would see, expect to see from the right. So that any blue will do, just get in line. It's okay because we got to beat them. We can do more than one thing. You know, if your thing is, okay, we need to beat them. We all need to get, okay, that's fine. That's what you got to do. But I'm still going to hold you accountable. Because if you think you want to just wield this power and do whatever you want because you better than them, you got another thing coming. And that's the attitude that we need to take. Even if you're someone who believes that you need to do this, you need to vote for Hillary Clinton to beat Donald Trump, or you need to vote for X Democrat on the local level because you need to beat whatever Republican, you need to be prepared to hold those people to task. Put their feet to the fire. You know, I live in a city with a black mayor who's a Democrat who is praised by Republican leaders for his handling of black protesters. That should scare you. When Southern white Republicans are praising a black man for how he handles other black people, you should be concerned. You should start asking questions. I'm serious, you really should. Like, you know, when when, when, when oh. life hands you lemons, you, you, you do a Beyonce and you make you some lemonade, right? So, you know, y'all just been sitting here talking to me or listening to me talk just off the dome. Um, yes. Hello? Hello? Hi. Oh, you can hear me. I can hear you. How are you? Hello, Noah. This is Umar How from Brooklyn. You know, hey, I think you know Umar. What's going on? Yeah. Uh, okay, good commentary on the show. Sorry your interview didn't go as planned. It's okay. Technical difficulties got numbers crossed, but I'm still going to get this interview and get it up on the channel for y'all one way or another. So what's going on? Now, you know, I think the very, very first time I called Ben's show last year, sometime it was, was I was pointing out that a lot of the problems as I see from progressives of every side, aside from taking stances that seem to be against the progressive idea. You know, like uh, mm -hmm. the atheists will take stances against feminism and the reason and the rationales they use seem to be the exact reasons they take stance against religion. Yet they're against feminists for doing it, but they're not, they're, but they're all for the whole atheism thing and religion. But my point was right. that I tend to see that the one thing the RNC, and I always use the Tea Party especially because they did what we need to do, 
is they, mm-hmm. they find a very direct, very clear, very simple message. And they push it and push it and push it. Whereas progressives have a message and a long explanation. You know, it's kind of like listening to someone in my particular family talk. We, we're making perfect sense. We've drone on and on. And you can watch people falling asleep. And the American right. public, even the Bernie supporters, even the Jill Stein supporters, the people who are interested in other things, who know something's wrong, but they don't get the, the, the overcomplication of the message. And I really haven't seen that change as time goes on. Mm. And I, I still think that, A, there has to be, it, it's not so much... I'm not in total agreement in intersectionality because I feel that my fellow white progressives as a whole are not getting the message that the way you're speaking to people of color is a little demeaning. And and I'm seeing it change, but too often it's like, well, we have the answer for your movement. And that, that overall vibe has not changed as I see it. Now, like I said, I'm seeing... It changes in some ways, but overall, you know, but irregardless of that, there has to be a way to simplify the message. Yes, we need to do everything. And I'm glad to hear you. I'm serious. I'm seriously glad to hear you say something positive about social media. Because that drives me a little nuts a little sometimes. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. Tweeting isn't enough. But tweeting is basically how Donald Trump just beat every other Republican candidate. Yeah, and nobody's pretty appreciating much. it. <laughs> I mean, we need definitely need a both and we need to utilize multiple strategies like tweeting, Facebook, Reddit, all these things are tools. Tumblr, Instagram, Snapchat. I mean, social media is definitely a tool with more and more people getting access. The only reason why I've been kind of down on it in the past has been particularly thought about thinking like, like here in the South, how you do have the huge divide in terms of access to social media or who's actually plugged in. You got to make sure the people you're trying to reach are actually plugged into the resources you're tapping into. Right. But I do think that a lot was accomplished through excessive, you know, the huge social media push. But I do agree with the other thing you said, Umar, and thank you so much for calling in. Um, I appreciate it always. But the, the, the other thing about how we need to, we need to have, a black, a coordinated, concerted black progressive movement, not just, you know, one focus on particular specific issues, but we need to have a broader and there are people having these conversations. And I'm not going to say that that means it's not it's not like the Malcolm X movie, like, no, you can't like the scene in Malcolm X where it's like, no, you can't join us. But at the same time, there is a definite need for us to have space that is that is pro-black, that is black leadership, black run, and where we can clearly lay out the issues and agendas as we're seeing them. You know, again, like intersectionality gets to be a real interesting concept, particularly as we've seen it misused by the left so so much, even in it's just this election cycle. Um, but we do need to continue having these conversations. And I know I say that every week, but because it's true, we need to continue the dialogue. We need to continue the conversation. This is something we can't just have it drop off because we get some agreement or concession um, from some, you know, supposed higher authority or whatever. Like we need to be willing to stay the course and push forward. Okay, we'll see what happens at the convention next week. Bernie's speaking on Monday, but more likely than not, I'm not saying that, you know, because crazier things have happened, but more likely than not, Hillary Clinton will be the nominee next week. You know, they're saying she's going to be the least popular person to speak, but whatever. 
what are we doing? You know, I know there are a lot of people who have already gone green. There are people who probably will go green after the fact. That's great. But where do you, what is the next step? And what are you doing? How are you helping the greens build locally where you are? Right. Is there another movement? There, there are there are other, you know, parties they are smaller and less well known, but they have really radical, awesome politics and people committed to doing the work and doing the change. You know, we're going to start sharing that information. You know, Progressive Army, we're looking at having conversations with people and seeing what can we do? How can we continue to be a voice of the movement? Not the voice of the movement, because there are several voices, right? We all have voices out here. And that's what I think is just so great. Definitely tune in next. Coming up next is the Benjamin Dixon Show. My big brother, Ben, I'm sure he got something fabulous for you. Um, Tomorrow, there'll be a new episode of the Louisa Project. And Thursday, of course, 7 to 9 p.m. Join Niz and Richard and the rest of the game with, with Project Sanity. If you don't get to listen to me live on Tuesday nights, I am now on iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, and Google Play, I believe. Pretty sweet. And um, apparently my pretty awesome uh, producer, man behind the scenes, JP, got me hooked up with my own Patreon account. So I'll get that information out to you because, you know, your girl still has this antiquated equipment over here. I mean, the best thing about me is this microphone. (laughs) But I appreciate you guys so much for hanging in there and always rolling with the punches. Definitely share, you know, share, like, subscribe to the channel. Help us get to 11,000 before this weekend, I mean, I remember Ben was saying he wanted to get to 10,000 by the convention, and now we're looking at almost 11,000. How awesome is that? I'm um, definitely like a subscribe, uh, donate to the Benjamin Dixon show, the Patreon account. The link is in the description for the video. I mean, you know, Ben has awesome content, awesome guests, great commentary, and he has a pretty sweet studio he broadcasts from nightly. So I'm going to leave y'all with a quote from Stokely Carmichael. There is a higher law than the law of government. That's the law of conscious. Use it. I'm out. See y'all next week. Peace. The way. Noah.